trying to make something happen. He breaks free. Kennedy breaks out. Forget the field goal. Win it with a touchdown. What is up, Sooner Nation? I'm Casey Mallon. If you're here, I'm here. That means we are here and we are in a Sooner state of mind. Make sure you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Happy Friday, everybody. We have a very special guest today. He is here to get your knowledge up on the Cincinnati Bearcats. He's doing some great work over at allbearcats.com. And he is the host of Bearcat Blitz on the Believe Network. Please give a warm Sooner State of Mind welcome to Russ Helpman. Russ, thanks for being here. Casey, great to be on the show, man. Thanks for uh, bringing me in. Big week, Big 12 opener, Woo-hoo. and uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, start of an exit on one hand and start of a new beginning on the other hand with the uh, the away team going out of the conference and the home team just starting their Big 12 tenure. Every time a door opens, another one opens, close open. All right, let's get into it. Just about a year ago, the Bearcats announced they were moving to the Big 12. Why did this move make sense for Cincy? I think just the overall ethos of the Big 12, the national landscape they're trying to hit, the fact that this kind of regionally fits the best. You have a really easy rival, easy regional rival in West Virginia, just across state lines. You got teams from all over the country housed in the Big 12 now with the addition of UCF being uh, kind of the furthest east, uh, east, eastern seaboard team that they have in the fold. And I think just the fact that it's an up-and-coming league, I think it's a league with a lot of new, bright ideas that really, really cater to what Cincinnati wants to be a part of. And it's obviously a league that, among the power five now power four and and shrinking it seems every day in college <laughs> athletics is is as of today when we record sooner state of mind on what's uh, late september here they are very well positioned to stay afloat in major college athletics moving forward and continue to be a bastion for power five and power conference schools to want to be a part of so i think the big 12 move at the time was looked at as maybe a, a, a downgrade for the Big 12 and adding schools like UC, UCF, and BYU in Houston. But now it's looked at as a huge boon, I would say, and, and a boon in the fact that you have so many, you have three major metropolitan areas getting out of this conference right there. A lot of big audiences that are going to be impacted by that and a lot of audiences, namely in Cincinnati here, that are hungry for football and have supported a lot of football success with them uh them selling out a 14th consecutive game at wow. Nippert Stadium coming up this weekend. Yeah, and getting to some of that fertile recruiting ground there in Texas too. Yeah. Now, since he's had some great coaches, the last four super solid. Brian Kelly, Butch Jones, Tommy Tuberville, Luke Finkel. What are your thoughts so far on the Scott Satterfield era? 
Scott, I, I've loved my interactions with him. I think the the outside thoughts of him being a family guy, a team guy, uh, uh, kind of a an amount. Not what's the word I'm looking for? A, a, a group think kind of guy, a guy that likes to get a lot of opinions together and likes to take in a lot of feedback from his staff. All of that has played out so far. It's just been, you know, a big mountain to climb for this UC football program, losing the winningest coach in the history of this school, a guy that drove a lot of those sellout crowds to come to the stadium and Luke Fickle with the kind of 513, 45-mile radius, 450-mile radius recruiting scheme that he came up with and used very, very effectively over the past couple of years. It's a big, big pair of shoes to fill. But I think yeah. so far, Scott Satterfield has filled it decently. I, I had them going two and one in the opening three games. I had them losing to Pitt and beating Miami. And they <laughs> ended up flipping that, which has uh, caused some chagrin for the Bearcats fans this week a little bit. But overall, I think when you factor in having to move from the sixth best conference in the country to arguably the third, fourth best conference in the country on top of losing almost every piece of your offense and losing your entire football staff and having to redo all that and get it all up to speed in one six-month period, eight-month period, I, I think Scott Satterfield's done a pretty good job of maintaining the expectations and the quality that this team could put out on the field. Now we'll get the, the biggest test of that for sure coming up this weekend against an Oklahoma team that I think is honestly very underrated in the polling. Hey, I hope so. I hope so on that matter for sure. Now, speaking of losing all that offensive production, they're able to get quarterback Emory Jones, a huge get in the transfer portal. How is his fit on this team and who are his favorite go-to guys? Emory's been a fantastic fit in the Scott Satterfield offense. I think it spoke to him from day one in the transfer portal. He was very keen and I think very accurate in his assessment that this system can bring the best out of his skill set. Had over 100 rushing yards last week. Uh, had over 250 yards passing. Now the, the completion percentage, you'd like to get that up a little bit higher, was hovering right below 55% last week. And that's something that honestly did the Bearcats in a little bit against Miami, especially in the red zone when he was a little bit more accurate than you, inaccurate than you'd like to see. But mm -hmm. overall, I mean, he, Casey, he ties the school touchdown record in week one, wow. goes in the pit, doesn't blow the doors off the Panthers, but that's a solid defense nonetheless and guides the team correctly to a victory there and then obviously when you go one for seven in the red zone uh, in terms of 10 yard and in opportunities to score a touchdown you're going to take the brunt of the blame there as a quarterback but he's over 71 pff grade so far this season he's playing the best football he's played since i would say 2021 mid 2021 at florida after a disastrous year last year totally misused in that arizona mm -hmm. state system it's been a nice bounce back year for emory jones but i think Bearcats fans, obviously still early in the season, looking for a signature performance. I don't know that people are uh, people are happy to see him have the seven touchdowns against Eastern Kentucky, but you're not going to say an FPS performance like that is going to be signature, or else you'd hope it isn't the signature performance uh, that you ended up posting up throughout the entire season. Yeah, he's definitely an exciting player. I think uh, tons of upside there. Um, you mentioned his 100 yards rushing last week. This team wants to run the football. Tell us a little bit about Corey Kiner. Corey Kiner has already had multiple 100-yard rushing games this season, took a little bit of a backseat last week as the coaching staff has been pretty honest, saying we're going to ride the hot hand. The hot hand laid with Ryan Montgomery with a 100-yard rushing performance last week. I think he was over six yards per carry. This is one of the top 20 rushing efficiency offenses in the country. They're 19th in EPA per rush. 
They have really installed this outside zone system smoothly so far this offseason. I think that's been the most impressive part of the offense to me, just how clinical that part of the offense looks, despite really having no experience along the offensive line in that system. Gavin Gerhardt did not run that kind of system last year as the center, and they have four new starters alongside him in either of those uh, two spots on the outside of the center spot. So the fact that they've been this efficient running the ball, four different 100-yard rushing performances so far in three games, that is very, very good to see. And then when you look at the passing game, uh, I, I need, to, need to answer your question about the receivers right there. Xavier Henderson, he's a guy that is going to be the top option for the Sooners to have to stop in this game. He was Emory Jones' top target at Florida, comes over from Florida as a transfer this offseason, has career highs and catches in two of the first three games, set a career high in passing or in receiving yards in game one. And I believe he set his old career high, broke his old career high from before 2023 in game number three against Miami. So the shorter routes, the deep intermediate routes, the deep ball, Xavier Henderson can, can do it all on the outside. And then Braden Smith as well, a nice gadget receiver, can throw the can throw trick play passes, can run the ball as a, as a reverse option, can really hurt you as a slot weapon, and even make a big play on the outside as well. They kind of move them all over the place. And D. Wiggins as well has not gotten a ton of targets this year, but is a solid outside receiver to kind of go on the opposite of, of Xavier Henderson. And he should be uh, one of the more prevalent target hogs in this game, I would imagine. I was a little nervous about this game. You're not doing anything to make me feel better about it with that offense. A lot of weapons. Let's go ahead and switch it over to the defense. We know they are stout up front, but what does this team do best and who are its best players? The thing they do best is getting after the quarterback and I think just leaning into that defensive front. This game, ultimately, in my preview, I kind of broke it down as for UC to cover that 14.5-point spread and ultimately have a chance at the end of this game to pull off an upset. It's going to take maybe career performances out of all three to four of those front four talents in Daniel Greshik, Eric Phillips, Malik Van, Jawan Briggs, Dante Corleone. That's five guys right there that Oklahoma is going to have to key in on. Phillips, honestly, having the best year out of all of them, the number one graded defensive player for the Bearcats coming into this season. Uh, Coach defensive coordinator Brian Brown noted that he's a new father heading into this year, so has that little extra motivation going on behind him. He's been very strong. Dante Corleone, 2022 highest-graded defender on PFF. We all know what he brings to the table. He's gotten a lot of national pub over the last six to seven months. Hasn't been as impactful, which is kind of expected when uh, when you're, you're facing a little bit tougher uh, non-conference competition this year, but has still been very solid in the 70s. Malik Van's been in the 70s. Jawan Briggs is right there in the high 60s, 70s in terms of PFF grade. All of these guys can get after the quarterback and can make life difficult on opposing offenses in a kind of how will the strengths match up here in an OU offensive line case that I'm sure you're well aware of, one of the few offensive lines in the country to allow one sack or less than this season, Marshall the only team to not allow a sack in 2023. If the Bearcats can get after Dylan Gabriel, kind of maybe use his smaller stature compared to the rest of the college quarterback brigade, against him and be able to get him into some issues in terms of pass protection, that's going to be the biggest way you see can keep this game close and try to slow down the number one offense in my eyes in the country right now. They're right there with USC. Yeah, man, it is getting going. Uh, the, the explosiveness out of the run game still not been there yet, but overall 
Uh, Dylan Gabriel's been phenomenal this season so far, and the offense feels like it's coming together. Now, it's going to be a total madhouse there. Big noon kickoff is going to be in the house. We know who Brett Yormark will be rooting for. Um, what does Cincy <laughs> need to do to pull this off, and what does your gut tell you about this game? Two things. Defensively, as I just mentioned, getting after Dylan Gabriel. It's going to have to go from zero sacks on the season to, in my eyes, at least three to four mm -hmm. to make sure you're shutting down some of these long drives, these very efficient drives that OU has been able to pull off so far this season. It's not a team that you're going to expect to punt very often, so you've got to make that happen as much as possible. And then on the flip side, if Cincinnati cannot get the ball in the end zone on these efficient long drives and they're kicking field goals, it's over. It's over from jump. They're not going to be able to keep pace with this Oklahoma offense. They have to figure out a way to get inside the red zone, which has not been easy on this Oklahoma defense so far this year. I think what there's been, I think only five red zone trips from the opposing offenses in three games so far, Casey, and they've given up touchdowns on three out of five. That's it. So just a 60% touchdown rate allowed in the red zone. That is very, very daunting up against a UC offense that has been very efficient. They were the most unlucky team in net success rate last week to lose a football game in the FBS ranks. Mm -hmm. But it all came down to that red zone issue and just one-on-one -on -one matchups, hat on a hat. Miami's big fellas were able to outwork UC's big fellas. That can't happen at Nippert Stadium on mm -hmm. Saturday, or I don't see UC being able to cover this 14.5-point spread, if so. Oh, man, it is going to be a great game. I'm completely stoked for that. Um Want to give a big Sooner State of Mind thank you to Russ Heltman for coming on the show today. You can check out Russ's work at allbearcats.com and on Bearcat Blitz right here on the Believe Network. Russ, thanks again. I can't say great luck to your Bearcats on a Saturday, but hopefully it's a good showing and everybody has fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I personally, I would love to see him cover just so we can get a good game to talk about, a good game to uh, to cover and write about. But we'll see what happens. Never know what's going to go down until, uh, until you lace them up in the Big 12. Yeah, it's been a crazy season already, so nothing would surprise me. Russ, thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Casey. Have a good one. All right. That was Russ Hellman doing some great work over at allbearcats.com. Get over there and check it out if you are a Cincy fan. All right. Out of the 14 teams in the Big 12, there are only five undefeated teams left. OU, BYU, Kansas, Texas, and UCF. How does OU avoid the upset and stay undefeated? Continue to win on special teams. The Sooners have been outstanding so far. Make that a theme for the year. Defensively, keep Emory Jones in the pocket. The only trouble OU had last week was when they let Cardell Williams get outside to buy time and extend the play. Jones is a better quarterback, but he will make mistakes if you force him to beat you as a passer. Do not let him beat you. Uh, as a runner, uh-uh, bad news. Speaking of run, can the Sooners continue to dominate against the run on the season? 130, 103 carries for 240 yards. That's just over two yards a carry. That's 15th in the nation. Since he ran for over 270 last week, that's going to be a big problem if the Sooners can't slow that down. If they can slow that run game down, force Cincy into some passing situations and continue to ramp up that pressure. 26 TFLs. On the season so far, they need more of those. Only five sacks on the season. They need a lot more of those. Communicate on the back end, no busted coverages, and continue to tackle well. That is the formula. Now on defense, injury-wise, probably no Justin Harrington in this one. But some good news. It looks like Desan McCullough will be 
able to play in this game. Sooner Nation, we feeling good about that? I know that I am. And offensively, this team still needs to find its mojo running the football. It's been okay, but not explosive. And as Sawchuck, Gavin Sawchuck continues to get healthy, maybe that is going to change. I hope so. But at some point, someone needs to take over as the lead back. But it will be tough to get that run going against the stout Cincy defense. Also, keep Dylan Gabriel clean. He's only been sacked once this year. Hopefully that number does not change this week. And I'm excited to see what DG can do against the best defense he's faced this season. It will also be the biggest test this O-line has faced so far. It's time to see them take that next step, keep gelling, be able to get things going, especially in the run game. Now, in the past game so far, eight different players with the TD reception. DG is seeing the field well. Can Nick Anderson and Jaden Gibson continue to build off that early success? We need to see more of that. And expect the Sooners to keep taking shots. OTT, over the top, baby. My man, Andrew Anthony, has been making a living off the big play so far. Let's see more of that. I also want to see how this team handles its first true road game. The crowd in Tulsa last week, that was mostly Sooner fans. It's going to be a madhouse on Saturday. How do the Sooners respond to that? I would also like to see how they respond to some adversity. Not too much but just enough to make Sooner fan pucker just a little bit, but hopefully early, not late. If this team is going where I hope they are, then put this good Cincy team away early and not make it an issue. That's my thoughts on OU at Cincy. More good news for the OU team on the recruiting trail. Blah, 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 trail. I told you, trail, not tail. The number one player in Oklahoma, four-star edge rusher Danny Okoye, Staying home to be a Sooner. BV is building a monster. Love this 24 recruiting class, especially on the defensive side, man. Good things are happening. Speaking of good things happening, there are some huge games this week. And I mean huge. Let's get it started. Florida State at Clemson. The Knowles are one and a half point favorites. And that BC game last week might have been the wake-up call FSU needed. They almost effed around and found out. Unfortunately for Clemson, they did F around and find out week one. But however, since that loss to Duke, they are starting to look like the BYOG Clemson team that we know. Bring your own guts. Colorado at Oregon. Those Ducks are 21-point favorites. Coach Prime and the Buffs have been the feel-good story of the 2023 college football season. Can that magic continue? If so, it's going to have to do it without Travis Hunter, which is a total bummer. I am digging the Colorado story. I'd like to see it maybe go another week. Got the SE game next week. But besides, Oregon's a tough team. And besides that uh, scare they got in Lubbock against Tech, they've been completely dominating. This Buffs team will be the toughest that they played so far. I bet you didn't expect to hear that in August. <laughs> but here we are. Either way, Ducks need to get this win. Their schedule gets gnarly. And uh, so does Colorado moving forward. Speaking of gnarly, Pac-12, UCLA at Utah. The Utes are four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Don't know if we will see Cam rising. If John Fogarty doesn't know, how the hell will we know? The Utes hope to see him. They're a mash unit right now on both sides of the football. Getting rising back would be a huge lift for Utah. And for all the peeps not on the West Coast, do yourself a favor and watch UCLA's freshman quarterback Dante Moore play. He is exciting, and he is going to be really good. 
Now, it's a tough task to ask a frost to go on the road and beat a top 15 Utah team, but this is the business we've chosen. Cannot wait for that game. Then over to the SEC, Ole Miss at Bama. Bama, six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. The good news for Ole Miss, Jackson Dart is doing everything. The bad news, Jackson Dart is doing everything. He's the team's leading rusher. That is not a long-term solution. They need someone else to be that guy if they want to beat this Bama team on the road. Now, Bama's had its own issues at quarterback. Jalen Milrow, he's going to get the start after getting benched. If Bama's ever been ripe for the taking, it's now. Could the Emperor lose to two Padwans at the Death Star in the same season? Like blasphemy, it sounds. That's a little Yoda for the people. Iowa State at Penn State. The Mitney Lions, the Nittany Lions, the Trinity Lions, 14 and a half point favorites at home. I don't think this game's going to be close. I think Penn State covers too much for an Iowa team that is uh, very challenged on the offensive side of the ball. Great defense, but uh, not a lot going on with that offensive team over there. Oh, baby, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Ohio State, three point favorites on the road. Super stoked for this game i have not seen much of ohio state i know their d is pretty good i know they've only given up 20 points in three games and i know marvison heron marvin harrison jr is a sick freak top five can't miss draft pick this guy is awesome i'll find out the rest of what i need to know on saturday over on notre dame sam hartman has looked really good i feel this cat is totally legit he's the best notre dame quarterback since when it's been a minute, people. He is really good. 64 out of 90. That's over 71 completion percentage on the season. 13 touchdowns to zero interceptions. If Hartman keeps playing like this with the schedule that Notre Dame has, he's going to be right up in that Heisman business at the end of the season. What a game. Quick reminder, Sooner State of Mind is brought to you by Bet Online. And you can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to shows. Type in Sooner State of Mind. You are locked. Ton of great content. Every team, every topic, everywhere. And if you want to watch Sooner State of Mind, head on over to the YouTubes. Search the football dudes. You will find us. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Boomer. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.